Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. The 40th edition of the Four Corners podcast starts right now. Black holding high, goes to Darty. Darty and the double team gives it back to Black with 20 seconds left to play. Goes back to Michael Jordan, jumper from out on the left, good! Rebounded by Weber. Michigan out of timeout. Weber front court, Carolina with foul. He takes the timeout, they're out of timeout. Technical foul, technical foul on Michigan. Ed Corbett says he can run the baseline, hands in the ball. Brown gets it into Williams. Here comes Williams front court. Williams on the drive. Gets it back out to him. Long outside shot. Short rebounded. May. It's over. Carolina has won the national championship. 89-72. And how about them Tar Heels? They are the national champions. Matthews off the mark. And this year, the confetti... It's going to fall for North Carolina. They're not going to be denied this time. I'm now joined by Adam Lucas, Go Heels writer and the co-host of the Carolina Insider podcast. Adam, how's it going today, man? Doing great, Joshua. How about you? Uh, I cannot complain. Um, it's been a it's been a busy offseason, as I'm sure you're well aware of, covering Carolina basketball. And it, it's been a, a transitional period from Roy Williams to uh, – to Hubert Davis. And so you've been around the Carolina basketball program for the majority of the Roy Williams era and now the beginning of the Hubert Davis era. What is the most noticeable difference between the way the former head coach of the Tar Heels runs his program compared to the current head coach of the Tar Heels? Yeah, I'm not sure that we fully know everything about the way that Hubert Davis runs his program. I think there's just a certain air that comes with a Hall of Fame head coach and and I don't want to say a fear that comes uh, with with being associated with a Hall of Fame head coach where everybody kind of treats you with that respect and concern. So it wasn't quite that, but it's definitely just a, a different vibe with Hubert Davis, who has been very much the same guy as a head coach as he was as an assistant coach, which is very approachable, very personable. And he's gone out of his way to try to connect with the current team. Uh, we were talking to a couple of the current guys today and, they said, you know, at first they weren't really big fans of what Coach Davis has asked them to do where he wants them to go through the basketball office two or three times a week to, to talk to the folks up there, see the coaches in their office. But as they've gotten used to it, they've started to really like it. They've started to get to know those folks on a little different level. So so that's been that's been different, and it's turned out to be pretty good. Upon the hiring of Hubert Davis, it was known that uh, he had some work to do flipping the roster given the amount of players Carolina lost to the transfer portal. You lost Aaron Sharp off to the NBA. What do you make of the job he did landing the three transfers he brought in, Brady Manick, Dawson Garcia, and Justin McCoy over the summer? Man, Joshua, that's probably the biggest difference in college basketball and I guess college sports today, that you can totally remake a roster in a summer. It used to be that when you got a new coach, you, you had to take a couple of years to build your program and get your teams looking the way you wanted them to look. I think this team looks very much the way that Hubert Davis ideally would like his teams to look, and that's because of the great way that Justin McCoy and Brady Manick and Dawson Garcia have fit in. 
they all do things that Hubert Davis really values. And so I think the, the team you're going to see in Hubert Davis's first season is very much a team that plays the way Hubert Davis wants to play. Last year, due to the pandemic, the incoming freshmen didn't get to experience a normal offseason in Chapel Hill, which features you know the legendary pickup games with the former players and all that great stuff. How much value do you think having a normal offseason will benefit this team and, and really college basketball teams this year? I think it makes a big difference, and the players have said as much. And I think that's why you, you, we're seeing at practice a team right now that's further along than last year's team was at the same time relatively speaking over the course of the season they've just they've had more playing experience and they've played against better players they've played against kobe white in the summertime they've played against tyler hansborough pretty much every day in the fall and that prepares you better for the season they've been able to learn more about what the expectations are at carolina and how carolina does things and the way they run things and i think that'll result in a little more finished product not a finished product but closer to that uh, here in November and December as they get ready for ACC play. Every offseason I've asked you, which player did you think was going to take the next step in their player development? This year I want to know, given the coaching change, what player do you think will benefit the most from the coaching change and the change of philosophy? Yeah, I think that's a good question, and I think we don't totally know the answer to that, but I think it might be R.J. Davis. Mm. I think Coach Davis has made it pretty clear he wants to have two point guards out there or two guards who can handle the ball at any one time, and R.J. is a player who can do that. Now, he's got to clean up the turnovers. They were a big problem for him. If you look at the numbers, especially at the end of the year last year, he struggled in that category. But if he can take care of the ball, he really understands how to push the tempo the way Hubert Davis wants, and he is not afraid to shoot it. He is going to take his shots, and more of them are going in this fall than they did last year. And I think he's poised for that, that prototypical freshman to sophomore jump that we've seen from so many other Tar Heel players. I want to follow up with a statement you just said right there in terms of pushing the tempo. Under Roy Williams, Carolina was known to play in the fast break and play in the open floor. Can we expect the same under Hubert Davis, or is this going to be more of a more efficient half-court offense style of play we're going to see under the Tar Heels? Carolina's going to push it. And if uh, I think you won't notice much of a difference at all. There have been times this year that Carolina's practiced with a 15-second shot clock mm. to encourage them not to stand around to – not hold the ball but to make quick decisions don't just aimlessly dribble and they're not going to play with a 15 second shot clock during the season but there'll be times that you think they are and this team's equipped to do it they can run the floor that's what I like to hear. I've said all summer long um, that I'm excited to see what Carolina is going to look like defensively. You're at practice right now. As we speak, what changes can we expect to see from the Tar Heels on the defensive end of the court under Hubert Davis? Well, let's see, Joshua. The Tar Heels are going through a defensive drill right now. Let's just call out all their principles and uh, make a, a quick scouting list for everybody. Coach Davis would love that. <laughs> um, Carolina is still going to primarily be a man-to-man defensive team, and that's what you're going to see the most of that you recognize from Carolina. half-court man-to-man defense they're going to play some things a little differently in the half-court they're going to play they're not going to deny quite as much in the passing lanes hopefully to cut down on penetration and kickouts for three-pointers they're going to get in the gaps defensively they're going to play a couple other things just slightly differently that you may not really even notice unless you're someone who really wants to break down the tape but I think they're going to be maybe a little more I hesitate to use the word modern maybe a little more current Mm. Uh, with respect to current 
defensive principles and just kind of the way you guard the floor, taking into account the fact that every team's got three or four more legitimate three-point shooters who can hurt you, and three points is worth more than two points. I think even folks, uh, even folks over at NC State realize that. <laughs> um, so uh, I think there will be some differences, and I think you'll see occasional wrinkles, maybe a little bit of zone just as a change of pace, certainly nothing regular, and you'll see some traps both in the half court and the full court. You wrote an article detailing about the defensive uh, principles that have been instilled in the offseason, how they're going to defend the dribble drive. Can we expect a a change in how they will defend uh, the pick and roll this year? Yes, and because of the versatility of the personnel, that also gives them a few more options. I think the scrimmage down at Florida was really good in helping them uh, see how some of the things they've put in in practice worked in an actual game against an opponent who didn't know they were coming. So they've made a, a couple tweaks since then. I think you'll see more switching of all ball screens because Carolina is going to put five players on the floor, in theory, who can guard multiple positions, and that includes the big guys. And and Hubert Davis has been effusive in his praise of Dawson Garcia as someone who can guard not just next to the rim but also out on the perimeter, and that'll enable the the Tar Heels to play things a little differently. We're talking with Adam Lucas, Go Heels writer and the co-host of the Carolina Insider podcast. Carolina only brought in two incoming or two freshmen in this last recruiting cycle, that being Dontre Styles and DeMarco Dunn. What type of roles could those two freshmen have this season for Carolina? Well, it's interesting. Jones and I were talking about this on uh, Friday's podcast, actually, about how there's about one practice out of every five or six where Dontrez and DeMarco both look like absolute stars. And then the rest of the time, they sometimes look kind of confused and inconsistent. And that's what you would expect from a freshman, honestly, because that's what freshmen are, unless they're a a rarity, is inconsistent. And they have to figure out how to be able to do it every single day. That being said, you can see that the talent is in there and the potential is there. Dontrez Styles really athletic. Coach Davis loves the way he can jump around the rim and score around the rim, even at his size. DeMarco Dunn will, will have a day about once a week or so where he just can't seem to miss from three-point range. Mm. He's got that kind of shooting ability. Are they going to do it every day, and are they going to play a ton of minutes? Probably not, but they don't have to. And that's an, another reality of the transfer portal is if the transfer portal didn't exist, probably both of those players would be playing quite a bit more. They're not going to have to this year because you've got somebody like Justin McCoy who not only can do those things, but has played a couple of years of legitimate major college basketball. And that's a big head start to have on someone who was playing for, for example, Kinston High School last year at this time. Armando Baycott said one of the big reasons he returned to Carolina was to help leave a legacy in Chapel Hill. For that to happen, what individually does Baycott need to achieve this season? Well, I think his legacy is going to be more about a team. I mean, I think Carolina needs to go to a Final Four for for him to be able to talk that way. I think if you win, let's let's say you win the ACC Player of the Year, but your team isn't quite as successful, I don't think that's the kind of legacy he wants, and I don't think that's what he meant by saying that, that I'm coming back to to get some individual things. Mm -hmm. I think he's coming back because he feels like the the last couple years team-wise haven't really been up to what Carolina fans have grown to expect, and and he wants to have a part in making sure this year is not that way. 
You mentioned the Final Four. I've gone on record predicting Carolina to win the ACC regular season, which we, of course, know means more than winning the ACC tournament, being a number one seed in the NCAA tournament, and being a Final Four type of team when we get to March. With that said, what are reasonable expectations for Carolina this season? Yeah, that's that's a lofty pick right there. I'm impressed. Mm. Um, I think Carolina's been ranked in like the 18 to 20 range in a lot of the preseason polls nationally, and I think that's a fair starting point when you factor in where the Tar Heels have been the last couple of years and some of the unknowns that people don't know as much about on this team, especially the people who don't follow Carolina as much as you or your listeners do who, who know a lot of the things that have changed. So I think that's a fair starting point. I don't necessarily think that at the end of the year, if Carolina's sitting there at 20, we're all going to feel like that was a great season. I think Carolina's got the potential to be a top 10 team mm. and, a, and a one or two type seed who hopefully gets some some favorable matchups in the NCAA tournament and is able to, to put together a run. But let's be honest, we don't know anything about Hubert Davis as a tournament coach or really as a regular season coach. So there, there are a lot of unknowns. But if you look at this team on paper, I think it's reasonable to assume they could start around 20 and, and work their way up. A few, a few more, Adam, and I'll, I'll get you out here because I know you are busy at practice. Hubert Davis has laid out his goals, which uh, include winning an ACC tournament, an ACC regular season title, and playing deep into March. Given he's taken over for one of the best coaches in the history of the sport, who was given his, the recommendation for him to succeed him, how much pressure is there on Davis to win this season? Well, I think there's pressure on the Carolina basketball head coach and the the fact is that that's Hubert Davis right now, but I don't know that it's pressure on Hubert Davis, and I don't know that he is necessarily putting any extra pressure on himself, Hubert. He's putting pressure on himself just like Roy Williams did because it's important to him how Carolina basketball does and how Carolina basketball represents the University of North Carolina, and that's a lot to think about every single day. Uh, Anyone who's ever been responsible for one or two teenagers can certainly appreciate what it's like to be responsible for 18 teenagers and how they're representing a school and a program. So I don't know that there's necessarily extra pressure because it is Hubert Davis, but there is absolutely always pressure because it's University of North Carolina basketball. Lastly, Roy Williams was famous for his Royisms, um, and we all have our favorites of those. After a summer around Hubert Davis, do you have any trademark sayings that you can share with us that Tar Heel fans should get accustomed to hearing from him over the next several years? Yeah, I don't know if these will make their way into press conferences, but he's definitely got some practice catchphrases. Um, He likes defensive communication that is loud, early, clear, and constant. He repeats that quite often. He says that he doesn't like his players to play with a sense of urgency. He likes them to play with a sense of emergency. And so you'll you'll hear one or two emergencies uh, sprinkled throughout a practice. And then uh, offensively, he is fond of telling his players when they are open, he wants them to lace it. And so uh, when when Kerwin Walton's open, for example, there's Hubert Davis right there saying, lace it, Kerwin. So hopefully uh, hopefully quite a few different Tar Heels will be lacing it this season. Adam, I mentioned that you're a writer for GoHeels.com, also the co-host of the Carolina Insider Podcast. Where can Carolina fans get access to all of your work for GoHeels, the podcast, and, of course, your personal writing as well? Yep, the, the written stuff on GoHeels.com is the best place to get that. The podcast you can get on uh, wherever you get your podcasts, Apple Podcasts or Spotify or however you listen. And, of course, always encourage you to join the Rams Club uh, and 
good. In fact, we just did a whole issue on Hubert Davis. It's out this week for, for Rams Club members. So that's that's a great way to support the Eels as well. All right, Adam, I love talking to you. Thank you for coming on, and uh, hopefully we'll talk down the road later this season. All right, man? Thanks, Joshua. There you go, guys. That was Adam Lucas, uh, senior basketball writer for GoHeels.com, co-host of the Carolina Insider podcast with the voice of the Tar Heels, Jones Angel. He also has a number of books you can you can get um, from the, re- the last book he wrote about was The Redemption from 2017 when Carolina went back to the Final Four and won the national championship. He's one of the, uh, the go-to guys for us during the season, in the offseason, and of course right now in the preseason. So make sure you go uh, check out all of his great work because he, he is the standard for Carolina basketball coverage all, all, all year round, and we are lucky and to and thankful to have him on the podcast. We're now going to take a short break. Here's this week's draft from Af- uh, from DraftKings, and I will come back and wrap up this edition of the Four Corners Podcast. NFL fans hungry for a big win this week? DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, has you covered. New customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game, and if they do, you win $200 in free bets. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. It's that simple. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code TBPN. Bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game and win $200 in free bets. If they win, you win with the promo code TBPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. You must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager is required. One per customer. Restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. There you go, guys. Hope you are uh, taking great advantage of all the great offers we have given you um, on th- 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 through the DraftKings Sportsbook app app for your, your chance to uh, responsibly earn some money betting on some NFL, some college football games. The NBA is back. College basketball tips off next week, so we're going to have even more deals, more promos to help you guys uh, earn some extra holiday cash with Christmas right around the corner. Well, that is going to go ahead and wrap up this edition of the Four Corners Podcast. Before we let you go, get you guys to the website HeelToughBlog.com where on the basketball side of things, our coverage is officially ramped up and it is and it is going. You got the backcourt preview and the frontcourt preview on the on the website. Also going to have a preview for the scrimmage against Elizabeth City State. There will be a recap for that scrimmage as well as, a, as the same on the podcast side where we're going to preview and recap the scrimmage as well before we get you ready for the opener next Tuesday against Loyola of Maryland for the football side of things. Carolina at home this weekend against Wake Forest. Um, we've, you've, you've got the preview podcast up. There's a preview article to go check out on the website. Um, following the game, Anthony will have a recap and a stock report. Trench report are done for the rest of the year, um, given our work schedules and, and our time committed to, to work. Um, i, I got to focus all of my writing attention on the basketball side of things, but we'll still carry you through 
through the football season up until Carolina uh, is done playing on the gridiron. On the basketball side of things, you know we're on the Basketball Podcasting Network. You can find us on every major podcasting platform, Apple, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Spotify, TuneIn, Google Podcast, you name it. The Four Corners and the Heel Tough Blog podcast are there. Go ahead and subscribe to both. That way you get every great Carolina football and Carolina basketball right there in your podcast library. Also, feel free to, to review the podcast, give us some feedback, what we what, what we do great, what we need and improve on. That way we continue to deliver the best content for all of you guys that are that are subscribers. Well, so uh, that will go ahead and conclude this edition of the podcast. We'd like Adam Lucas once again for stopping by to talk to me. I want to thank you guys for listening. And as always, go Tar Heels. The Four Corners Podcast is a proud member of the Basketball Podcast Network. Follow us on Twitter at HoopsPodNet or visit our website, www.thebasketballpodcastnetwork.com to find the best basketball podcast.